National media continues to exaggerate and promote misleading negative headlines designed to diminish the rule of law and those whose job it is to enforce it. Remember, the only people who want to defund the police and dismantle these agencies are the criminals. And don't forget to thank a cop. Now, let's start the show. Today is Veterans Day, and all of us at Law Matters wants to thank every veteran ever. Without you and everything you do and have done, we would not be the free country we are today. Thank you from all of us. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Our guests today are Hal. He's going to give us an update. And we have two amazing veterans sitting in the studio. Hal's a veteran, too. Hal was in the Marine Corps. Good morning, Hal. Yeah. Well, morning, Sherry. Yes, uh, very much so. Uh, retired Marine. Yep. Well, very happy day after your way. birthday. Well, that's the most important thing. Birthday, 248 years. All right. Although most day I only look 239. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's... Uh, uh, yeah, and of course the, uh, the the we're the only military service I'm aware of that was actually founded in a tavern. So we're very proud of that as well. And uh, <laughs> keep keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Um, the Air Force uh, did a test flight of the B twenty one Raider uh, yesterday, and and uh, I was I was asked, was the Air Force trolling the Marine Corps?" and uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know. I said, I think they were just saluting us by, by flying it on that day. But, uh, uh, but it was kind of interesting to see that. Uh, would you like, should we talk about what's going on in Gaza? Yeah, tell us, give us an update. What's, what's happening? All right. Well, a lot's happened over the last week. Uh, the, it, it, Israel moved in. They, they surrounded, uh, they basically cordoned off that northern sector and part of that, that Gaza city, the biggest city in, uh, in Gaza. And they've been moved. They literally went downtown. They've moved into the city, uh, and they have, uh, set up military positions around a number of the hospitals. The hospitals are, are kind of interesting. Uh, under the Geneva Convention, hospitals, mosques, schools are normally protected sites. However, Hamas is a terrorist organization. They don't follow the rules of law. And they have put their command bunkers, ammunition sites, firing positions, all sorts of stuff. It's almost like they went down the Geneva Convention protected site list and put everything in there. So uh, as near as, according to the IDF, uh, uh, Hamas has a major command bunker built underneath uh, the uh, uh, Al-Shifa hospital which is really i think it's the biggest hospital in gaza city wow and this this has caused uh massive uh international issues uh it's tough for uh the israel to win the information war on this and with that uh there's now a major summit that's in saudi arabia that's got a number of uh leaders of uh, arab nations uh in the region that came in there and interestingly, the president of Iran is went over to uh, uh, Riyadh and actually met with MBS, the uh, the Crown Prince of uh, Saudi Arabia, which is very interesting because everybody's been looking at at Iran this whole time and and obviously wondering did was Tehran behind this whole thing? Did they orchestrate this uh, the October seventh attack to begin with and create this crisis? So uh, I don't know 
how is it going? Last night there was major fighting downtown, uh, flares, uh, lots of uh, indirect fire weapons uh, coming in, uh, lots of ground fighting. And I think what Israel is trying to do is push as hard as they can to uh, secure that northern sector because the pressure on, uh, on the United States and from around the world to uh, implement a three-day ceasefire is, is becoming uh, rather deafening. In fact, Anthony Blinken yesterday really changed the tone of uh, the U.S. position. We have not been calling for a ceasefire. And uh, uh, although we did cause, call for these pauses, and Israel has implemented these pauses, these, these humanitarian pauses throughout the day, about four hours each, that could get extended beyond that. But uh, President Macron has called for a three-day ceasefire, and we have turned around and said too many Palestinians uh, have been killed, which is basically an admonition saying that uh, Israel needs to uh, uh, start start curtailing some of its operations because of the collateral damage that's going on. Yeah, and I think people need to understand that while Hamas are Palestinians, not all Palestinians are Hamas. And there's a lot that's, of innocent people being killed. That's a that's a that's a big distinction, and we've been saying that all along. And 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 actually, there was a I heard a uh, a, a very uh, eloquent explanation uh, from an Israeli spokesman who basically was reminding people, look, this war didn't you know Israel didn't start this war, which seems to have been lost with the uh, uh, with the, a lot of the a lot of the major populations, if you will, major uh, areas within the Arab world, even within Europe. Uh, you know, October 7th was Hamas starting a war. All right. Now, it's the Middle East. If you go back far enough, everybody's, you know, it's like, well, what about 73? What about 67? What about 48? You know, right. you know what about what about 70? Those darn Romans, I'll tell you. And, uh, you know, <laughs> <Darn Romans. laughs> everybody can take it back, you know. Um, so there's a, you know, this never ends. But uh, uh, but with that, this particular war we see now, that was, that was October 7th. Interestingly, and, and you know, we've talked about uh, the, uh, the numbers. And it's like, you know, people are going to start saying, Hal, you're, you know, you're, you just seem to focus on the numbers. Well, I'm, a, I'm an intelligence officer. Battle damage assessment has always been a big part of what, what we do. And, and you're always trying to figure out what the situation is. But the numbers coming out of the number of Palestinians killed and injured uh, have, have always seemed kind of high. And there have been instances where uh, Hamas clearly exaggerated them. And the Gaza Ministry of Health is actually a, a Hamas organization. And in one case, they exaggerated by at least five, maybe ten times uh, with a particular strike. With that said, there was a story yesterday uh, that uh, it's unofficial that members of the U.S. intelligence community are coming closer to saying the uh, Hamas numbers might be uh, fairly accurate, which I found was stunning because we've said the exact opposite. President Biden himself had said those numbers are highly inaccurate. And uh, I just found that rather interesting. I don't know where, where that's going, and I don't know if that's setting a stage where we start using the numbers. The United Nations takes those numbers, you know, they just take them and run with them. And that's been a very big frustration with Israel. Uh, we've been frustrated with that, too. But now we seem to be revising 
our our numbers of the number of Palestinians. Uh, obviously, we're going to take this higher number, if you will, and uh, I think that will have a direct correlation on U.S. policy going forward. And uh, it deals with international law too, even though every specific attack or, or strike, if you will, uh, so far. I haven't seen anything that violates international law. The issue of proportionality in total is being questioned as to whether Israel's overall uh, prosecution of this war may be taking too many casualties or killing too many civilians and how it's, and how it's happening. And I don't know any other way that they can do what they're doing to take out Hamas, but that's that's part of the discourse on the on the uh, international stage. Well, it's. Really sad. All this is going on, and I, you know, a lot of us are sitting back, going, "Why are you attacking these people just because of their religion?" What well, you know, it makes no sense. But I'm sure there's individual stories, like you said, those darn Romans. So, <laughs> people are people. People are holding grudges for a long, long time. So, well, yeah, are you going to be in a parade a today? Let's talk about something happy. Are you going to be in a parade today? Uh, not being a parade, but we have a, a few things we're going to be doing today, and uh, we're kind of busy. And uh, believe it or not, believe it or not, I actually have some uh, work I have to do for a client today. Uh, oh, kind of interesting. So it's, uh, it's well, Day. It's just one of those things, you know. <laughs> and uh, but uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, busy, and I, I have a feeling with the thing, way things are going over there, I wouldn't be surprised if my uh, my uh, my face might appear on a television interview this afternoon or something although yeah. although you know you you you've you, agreed with me i truly do have a face for radio so anyway. <laughs> you're you're on you've been on um let's name some of these places on you've been on fox news live uh, fox live now live. which interestingly um they actually have two broadcast studios and the western one uh this is a streaming news service for fox uh is out of phoenix so, uh, so this whole thing with the uh, I'm in L.A. as you know, and uh, trying to work out the uh, the you know the uh, daylight savings time thing because California goes daylight savings time, Arizona doesn't. So I've had a whole week to get warmed up for this interview this morning to make sure I had the right time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you're on News Nation then, uh, too, isn't it? News News Nation News Nation, yeah. And then uh, also uh, just recently, uh, uh, Scripps News. Has had me on a couple times, and uh, Dan uh, Abram called New yeah, Dan Abram on News Nations had me on. Uh, done a done a few Inside Edition um, episodes uh, or segments, I should say, uh, which is kind of interesting because they do they'll do some hard news, and then of course Inside Edition does a lot of entertainment news too. So it's yeah, I was going to say, what are you doing on there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm trying to link, uh, you know, the war in Ukraine, the war in the Middle East to the ongoing relationship with uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. They started so, it. Uh, I know they did. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, you go to work and enjoy your in what parts of the day you can. Whatever, enjoy. whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you so much well, for coming thanks. on, Hal. OK, thanks, Sherry. Appreciate it. OK. In the studio, I think everybody knows every year we hold a contest, Law Matters holds a contest, and we want you to nominate your favorite veteran for a day of recognition. And Melvin, better known as Butch Morgan, 
nominated Juan, better known as Sarge Rodriguez, <laughs> and the committee who reads through these and decides who the winner is decided that Sarge needed a day of recognition. So <laughs> they're in the studio here. I couldn't be more honored to have you guys here. You both have an incredible military background. And Sarge, let's start with you. Why did you nominate? I nominated Sarge because ever since I joined the uh, chapter several years ago, <clears throat> excuse me, Sarge had been kind of a mentor to me in a way. And Sarge, over the years, have ran Nam Jam for five years until he gave it up and I took that part over. He's also uh, been Toastmaster, several units, uh, six or seven, I think, I can't remember. And he's also the head of the Toastmaster Veterans Organization. He's uh, ran bingo at the VA. It's building 60 for several years until this past uh, epidemic of COVID. And root beer floats at the VA. So I thought it's time. Root beer floats. What's that? That is where the uh, organization buys the root beer and the, and the ice cream and sell it for a dollar a donation, and where, that where, money goes to the patient's fund. Why wasn't I invited? <laughs> root beer floats. <laughs> we called them black cows. Well, like back in Missouri, they would do that too. Yeah. See, <laughs> you know. Okay. And did you say bingo? Bingo. They. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you There's a third, th a third Thursday of, uh, of each month that we'd hold bingo at the uh, patients at uh, Building 60 uh, on Thursday night for an hour and pass out money to those patients that win bingo. It's entertainment talking, for them. You're talking about at the VA hospital? The VA hospital. Okay. All right. When you said Building 60, I put it together. Uh, yeah. VA my hospital. mother, my mother used the VA hospital here. Yeah, good group of people. And yeah. I thought it was about time he's being honored about for something he's done. It. He's done a lot. So, Sarge, tell me a little bit about your. Don't read these six pages, please. <laughs> but tell me a little bit about your military history. Great. Well, first off, I like to thank Bush uh, from the bottom of my heart. I'm really kind of a modest guy, you know. I, the old saying is, we, should, we shall be known by our deeds alone. And I don't need much recognition. Hey, the job got done, mission's accomplished, keep on trucking. But Bush, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I felt so honored yesterday and respected. I finally felt welcome home. Finally yeah. hit. They yeah. finally hit. See, now the old Vietnam veterans out there doing, even though we got walkers, oxygen tanks, canes, wheelchairs, you I have to you watch what. out for the ones with the canes. Let me tell you, <laughs> getting their way, whack. It was it was <laughs> astounding, and I really felt honored and very welcome. My military career actually started when I was 16 years old when I joined the Army National Guard. This is in California. I joined the Army National Guard because I always admired my cousins. Sadly, they fought in the Korean War, and when they came back from Korea, I loved and fell in love with their uniforms, the old khakis. They were Army. And I wanted to be just like them. Well, at, at 16, you can't join anything, so what did I do? I went to the National Guard outfit, got the paperwork, and I forged my mother's name. 
Ooh, they I'm didn't check you. things back in those days, so I just went ahead and joined the National Guard. <laughs> so I was in the National Guard from 1955 to 1956. At which time I turned 17, and I joined the Army. Of course, I still needed my mother's signature, but there was no problem then. So 1956 to 1977 was my entire career in the military, serving in Europe for a total of about nine years, a tour in Vietnam, tour in Korea, and sometime in the States. I definitely enjoyed my military career, and they always asked me, would you do it again? I said, yes, I would. Some things might be a little more differently, but I tell you what, I enjoyed it. I retired finally after 22 years in 1977 because, number one, I had children that needed a father at home. That's one thing about the military. You do spend time away from your kids. Moms are left kind of holding the bags, trying to keep them together. It becomes difficult. So when I was in Korea, my wife sent me a letter saying, hey, dude, you got to get your butt home. (laughs) These kids, they're teenagers now. They're getting too much to handle. Don't (laughs) re-enlist. And I said, okay, she's got it. I was in the consideration zone for Sergeant Major E-9, and I said, well, I had to wait the difference to go on with my career or family. I chose family. They're more important. I've always felt that kind of a letdown because can you imagine being a Command Sergeant Major E-9? That's top of the line up there. But you know what? As a first sergeant, that's the better job. You were that diamond in the middle, and you know what? Diamonds are forever. That's right. That's the old first sergeant there. Other than that, my career was great. When I retired, I got out, went to school under the GI Bill, got my degree, worked for a company called Con Instruments, scientific outfit, and traveled uh, throughout the United States working for them. I became a regional sales manager. And this is how I wound up here in Tucson. I had a home in Whittier, California. And every time I come out here back in the early 80s, that's a long time ago, this town was so laid back. I could not believe it compared to the zoo in Los Angeles. <laughs> and I was so enamored with Tucson. We used to call it the one-horse town. So I don't care. It's great here. <laughs> Easy living. I mean, nobody was rushing. No pressure. It's not Prices Chicago. are very reasonable. <laughs> so I talked to the wife, and the wife came out here, and she fell in love with Tucson also. So in 1983, we sold the house in Whittier, moved out here in the east side of town, and been here for 40 years now. Uh-oh. And one of my kids attended school here. I graduated from Santa Rita or somewhere like that. And other than that, I started my own business called At Chemical Scientific, which is just around the corner here from The Voice. That was interesting because when he told me what the location was, I said, wow, that sounds familiar. And here we are. That kind of condenses my career in the military and a little bit of background. Back to you. Back to you. Ten four. Okay. Yesterday you were a part of the parade. You were the grand marshal. How did that feel being driven in the parade, and especially that car? And I'm going to have to put the, a photo of the car and Sarge on our website. It's not there yet, but we're going to get it on our website. It was pretty spectacular. How did that make you feel? Oh, I felt felt awesome. I mean, feeling honored being the Grand Macho of a parade here, that's something that never even entered my mind. And once again, I want to thank Bush and bottom of my heart for appreciating what I have done over the years. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, the expression is, don't make your life an intermission, make your life a mission. That's always been critical to me. I like that. 
And the key thing here is you just keep on going. You know, I'm 85 years old now. And a lot of say, man, you don't act like 85. You act like you're maybe 70. I said, I wish I was. Tell that to my body. Because <laughs> so, one thing I do every morning when I get out of bed and I walk toward the bathroom, I will always turn around, look at the bed to make sure I'm still lying there. <laughs> so that's one of the key things about taking it one day at a time. But honored, yes, I was. Yesterday's parade was tremendous. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt very welcome. And for the first time, I felt the words welcome home really hit home. Yeah, welcome home. And that's something we we talked about it yesterday. It was rough for a lot of people, especially our our Vietnam vets coming home and, and being treated the way they were treated was appalling. And I come from a military family and it just, you know, it was something that should have never happened. And welcome home and thank them for everything they've done. Butch, did you serve in Vietnam? 65 to 66 in Vietnam. And when you came home, where'd you go? Were you in California? Uh, I went to Paris Island and became a base dog catcher. You became a base dog catcher? Well, basically, I was uh, head of the motor transport uh, section of the guard. Okay. But <laughs> okay. part of my job was base dog catcher. And the biggest job taken care of was finding the uh, base general's dog out constantly until I find out where he was getting out. <laughs> so how was he getting out? He found a, under a bush. He dug a hole and dug out from underneath the fence. So you had to fix it? No, the base maintenance took care of that portion of it. Okay. But you did your job. Dog About catching. every other day. About every other day. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Where were you living at the time? Paris Island. So when you came home... When I came home, I went back to the farm. And the farm is located... Carthage, Missouri. Okay. <laughs> that's what I was trying to... No, that's where so, I was trying to get it. Yeah, my uh, dad uh, owned a feed store there, Farmer's Feeds and Supply, for many years. And he wanted to put, uh, put in a hog parlor... Well, he already had a hog park set up, but he wanted me to run a uh, 300-head sow rearing house. So that's basically what we did for a few years until he got where the authorized where he couldn't handle things. He started selling things off. I said, you're selling that part off? Sell it all off. <laughs> Sell everything. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about some of the programs that we have available for our veterans. And you... Sarge, you and I had a conversation yesterday about Agent Orange and about some of the things that are going on. I want you to tell our listeners so that they know there are resources out there. Tell them what's going on and, and how they can find these resources if they need them. First off, thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to do this because veterans out there, listen up. Did you know the PAC Act was signed in August of 2022? Many veterans don't even know what the PAC Act is. Number one is it's time. If you served during the Gulf period time and also Vietnam Veterans Agent Orange, it's time to check in at the VA. Particularly if you are suffering from any kind of illnesses, cancers, systemic heart disease, any kind of ailments that could cause harm to you, even your death. Guys, listen up. Women, listen up. Get to the VA hospital and get yourself checked out. The PAC Act extends the 
eligibility for VA health care for veterans with toxic exposures and veterans of Vietnam era, Gulf War era, and post-9-11 era. It also expands eligibility for benefits of veterans exposed to toxic substance. So what does this act do? It expands and extends eligibility for VA health care for veterans with toxic exposures and veterans of the Vietnam era, Gulf War era, and again, 9-11 era. The VA has improved the decision-making process for de- determining what medical conditions would be considered for preemptive status. In other words, if something is wrong with you. Every enrolled veteran will receive an initial toxic exposure screening and a follow-up screening every five years. Veterans who are not enrolled but who are eligible to enroll will have the opportunity to enroll and receive the screening of VA health care by the staff and claims process that receive toxic exposure-related education and training. Now, if you come down with any kind of kidney cancer, lymphomas, neck cancer, patriotic cancer, and a whole list of items, brain cancer, oh my gosh, get to the VA. Even if you have high blood pressure, hypertension, which just came on board for Vietnam veterans. Veterans who have served in the following locations in time periods can enroll into the VA healthcare. Now, this you can find online on Agent Orange. Just type in Agent Orange, Vietnam, Agent Orange, and all of this information will pop out. If you served in the Republic of Vietnam between January 9, 1962 to May of 1975, you're eligible, dude. Boots on the ground. Thailand, of any U.S. or Royal Thai base between January 62 to June of 76. Laos, between December 65 and September 1969. Even certain portions of Cambodia, 69 and 69. Guam or American Samoa or the territorial waters. It goes on and on and on. It's up to you. The benefits are available. Don't sit back and say, eh, they won't approve it. You never know. Guys, you're allowed. As a veteran, get out there. You deserve these benefits, no matter what. Get out there and do your thing. Tell your family about this. Because I tell you, with the VA, they do a grand job. Many people may be dissatisfied with it. But I tell you what, 98% of veterans love the VA. I, for one, am one of them. So don't give up. Don't give up the fight. You got to, just like the government, you get denied the first time, you go back and fight, fight, and fight. You know, it took me 10 years to get 100%. 10 years. Kept fighting, they come back denied. I fight it again, come back denied. You never give up. The minute you give up, guess what? You're dead. You may as well fold the old pup tent and walk away. So once again, Vietnam Air Veterans, you need to on, on board, new Asian Orange presumptive conditions, hypertension. Hypertension. If you've been diagnosed with hypertension, get out there to the VA, get yourself checked out, and get those dang benefits. Back to you. <laughs> Very cool. I I just really wanted that great information. I just really wanted you to get it out there because there are so many people out there who don't realize what the PACT Act has done for them, and they need to go get your benefits. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a few.
Lawmatters1030.org is a nonprofit that needs your support in El Tour de Tucson, either by riding a bike or walking in the 5K. To support us while we support law enforcement, please go to Lawmatters1030.org support page to sign up. We'll see you there. This is Deputy Chuke with Pima County Search and Rescue, reminding you that infants and toddlers do not experience heat as adults do. Consider this when bringing your young ones on a hike in temperatures of over 80 degrees. You do not want to risk that child having heat stroke or being arrested for child endangerment. If you're thinking of a trek through nature, plan ahead, look ahead, and use your head. Your future depends on it. Save your phone's battery life so when you get lost, we may contact you. Wearing bright colors that can be seen from a distance helps the effort. As the FBI and its partners encourage Americans to take proactive steps to enhance their cybersecurity during National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, an FBI program aimed at preparing students for careers in cybersecurity expands. The FBI Cyber STEM program is designed for high school students with an interest in cybersecurity and science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, or STEM. Heather Schuck of the FBI's Pittsburgh field office says the program was born in 2015 out of concerns over a future gap in qualified cybersecurity professionals. We realized that the Pittsburgh AOR had developed into a technology hub, but we were having challenges hiring cyber-trained folks. FBI Pittsburgh teamed up with the University of Pittsburgh so its curriculum could be modified for high school students. The FBI participates in providing touch points to high school students to give them background on real FBI cases. The program is currently offered in Pittsburgh, Miami, and Washington, D.C. field offices, and efforts to roll it out to other offices are underway. With FBI This Week, I'm Molly Halpern of the Bureau. LawMatters1030.org is a nonprofit that needs your support in El Tour de Tucson, either by riding a bike or walking in the 5K. To support us while we support law enforcement, please go to LawMatters1030.org support page to sign up. We'll see you there. Thanks for staying with us. I want to remind everybody that next weekend is El Tour de Tucson. It's a huge event. It happens only once a year. Please, if you aren't in the race, do yourself a favor and get your errands completed before Saturday or maybe push them off to Sunday so you aren't stuck in traffic. They raise millions of dollars for our community, and it's only one day a year that we can give these bikers the road. Watch for them. Appreciate what they're doing for us. And everyone, please stay safe. Now, back to Sarge and Butch. I want to talk about Nam Jam. We were talking about it just before the show, and it's it's been something that's been happening here for how many years? And not we, consecutive, but thirty five total. And we need, you know, you told me it was the last one. This last Nam Jam yes, was, was a couple of weeks yes. ago. Was the last one. They're looking for somebody to take over this event. It it takes a lot of work and. Tell me about it. Tell me what you've done and, and what people, our listeners, can do to help. Over the years, as I've been part of the organization of the chapter and Nam Jam, it is a fundraiser to help veterans within the Tucson and Pima County area. The funds we make from that go to help them. In what way? Uh, uh, like a payment of a, a house payment, a, a rent. Or a phone bill, or a whatever car repayment, whatever they need, they get a hold of us, and with a DD two fourteen and a bill from whoever they need to be paid, that's how we pay that bill. We don't pay the person; we pay the uh, the people they owe. 
Right. And that fund comes from NAMJAM. Due to our age and the lack of help in the last two years, it has took the toll on about seven people that's put this thing together. It takes a year to plan this. From as soon as we finish up the one, which we got to wrap up the 35th one, we always start planning the next one. Well, the chapter and the members and the board said we cannot do this no longer because we aren't able to. That We're getting to the age that we can't sit down and do all this planning and putting it together because it takes a lot of work. And the organization that was going to take over from us folded before they even got started. So we are looking for an organization out there, a veterans organization or organization that's willing to put this on. Yes, we'll put up a 10 by 10 tent and show our face, but we won't get involved in how to put it together and how to run it. We will give some advice to them as to how to run it and what it was all about. Because it is a collection. Nam Jam was a collection of every veterans organization in town and food vendors and other vendors type of sales things that come in and get camaraderie. It was camaraderie. Okay, we have a caller on the phone. Chuck, what's on your mind? Hey, yes, thank you. Uh, Sorry, I tuned in a little late, and I was hearing the information about veteran services and signing up. Uh, I wanted to add, I was uh, drafted in the Vietnam era, but I stayed at Camp Lejeune. I never went over to Vietnam. But they have a water issue there for about a 12-year span. Any veteran that was stationed for at least 30 days in uh, Camp Lejeune is eligible for services because of uh, health issues. I know it's really impacted me and um, just wanted to help others be aware of it. Yeah, and I've I've seen a few ads on that. Do they can they go to the VA hospital and talk about that too? Is that one? Yeah, you can go to your yeah. Okay. Okay, I I wasn't aware of that. I I'm familiar with Agent Orange. I had a friend that passed away from that, but I I wasn't aware of the water. My mom was stationed at Camp Lejeune. Of course, that was World War II. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure if that was the year. I know there's a, a. It's way past the Vietnam era. I'm not sure when they start to recognize it, but people who were stationed there. For me, I developed a hiatal hernia, which is swelling above the stomach. And then I had a bleed out in the esophagus because it got torn. And I bled out internally. I actually had a near-death experience. And uh, so all of that would have been from that water issue. I don't drink tap water. There you go. I don't don't blame you. Well, thank you for, for bringing that up. I completely forgot about that but yes people who who think they who were stationed at camp lejeune should be checked out at the va absolutely right okay thank you thank you chuck for bringing that up and if anybody else has a comment or you know stuff we need to know the number is 520-790-2040 let us know what's going on and and we'll pass it along i want to talk more about this nam jam I know sure. I know that it's it takes a lot to put on events. It takes a lot of work. And usually all the work lands on like two or three people. 
<laughs> you have 20 volunteers and two or three people are doing everything. But it's something that's really important. And we were talking about this yesterday, too. Maybe it's something that they want to change to a different name. And But the support, the whole theme of the thing, the mission, is to support the veterans when they need a hand. Right. That's correct. Uh, when I became president of the chapter, and I'm also a part of the uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm era, well, I was uh, still in the service at the time with the Air National Guard out of St. Joe, Missouri. And I started calling it NAM to SAN Jam to include the younger veterans and trying to get them on board to, to fight for their rights. Every right that the veterans have today in the VA has been brought on by the Vietnam veterans. They have fought for the Agent Orange. They have fought for every right that the veterans are getting today. And we need the younger generation to take up our fight to keep it going. Otherwise, they are eventually going to lose their veterans' rights. So if there's anybody out there, how can they get in touch with you at, at your chapter? Tell them you're the president of what? It's I'm the president of the Vietnam chapter <laughs> 106 here in Tucson and have been for the last six years. I'm nope. also set on several of the uh, boards here in town. I belong to the uh, Tucson Veterans Council Board and was on the council, uh, what I call Triple E because I can't ever pronounce that long name. Out there, which uh, it's pronounced as Escalante. Thank you. <laughs> it, uh, my understanding is years ago the chapter got that land for veterans' homes be built and to work through the VA on that. So the organization has done a lot for this town and for a lot for the veterans over the years. Nam Jam is just one of the things. That, like I said. We call it NAM to Sand Jam, but we still hold NAM Jam. Yeah. I also like to add that uh, our chapter, which started back in 1983-84, it was incorporated. We currently have 240 members. Is that correct, Butch? 248. 248 members. Sadly, out of 248 members, we only get at our meetings 15 to 20 to show up. But yeah, I understand actually, that's why. pretty good. That is, some, sometimes maybe only eight show up, but normally. But I understand why. Health issues, you know. Also, driving at night driving is, at is night. a problem uh, that I seem to be, in my case, too, sometimes going, well, am I comfortable driving at night? But Bush has done a tremendous job. We jumped from 150 members, now it's 240 plus. He's also the membership director. Nam Jam was to us started back in 1986 by a couple of guys who just wanted to get together and strum on their guitars and maybe tell some war stories. It took off from there and it started happening every year at Reed Park. It became bigger, bigger, and bigger. I think the biggest one when I became involved was in the year 2000 when they had a gigantic at Reed Park uh, Nam Jam. I mean, that place was just wall-to-wall people uh, military displays, and that got me enthused about getting involved. And that's when I got, I threw my hat in. But Nam Jam has been like a legacy. People talk about when you having your next Nam Jam, man. I say, oh, maybe we'll we'll see, we'll see. You have to keep that attitude. 
some appealing to all these younger people. I understand you've got family to raise, you've got a job to go to, you don't have time for it, eh, that kind of a thing. But I tell you what, this is going to be your legacy. Who are you going to pass this on to? We're old, we're tired now, the Vietnam vets. A lot of them are in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. It's going to be up to the younger generation of veterans to get in there, the VFW, the American Legion, Disabled American Veterans, and vets. It's you guys who have to carry the ball forward. So I'm appealing to you guys. Get out there. Contact us at vva.org. VVA106. VVA106.org. Yeah. .org. Just go online. Give us your comments. It's a portion there for messages. It would help us to understand what the feeling is out there in the community. Are you ready to get involved yourself? How else? I don't see many other veterans coming here on the radio talking about things that you can do for other veterans. I'm sure there's been some. But we appeal to you, the younger generation. Like Bush said, we just changed Nam Jam to Nam to San Jam to include the younger generation. That was the important thing. Get them involved. A few of them are. They get involved. But sadly, not very many. I've been to the vet center. Uh, a lot of them go there for a support group, and we'll see what happens. So the website is Victor Victor Alpha one zero six dot org dot org. org. Correct. It's a nonprofit, and somebody out there has to be listening who's willing to, you know, round up some people from all these different organizations. It doesn't have to be just one organization. Round them up. And say, hey, let's put this together and assign jobs. I'm sure Butch would be happy to mentor people through the process because you've got a lot of experience and you know what the pitfalls are and what not to do. And we want to thank Lizette, too, because she put on that parade. She's been putting on the parade princess. Is that what they call her? Yes. The, (laughs) The parade princess. And she's been doing it for 12 years now. And she can do it in her sleep. Just, you know, has it has it together, but it takes a lot of doing it to work out the kinks. And since you've already worked out the kinks, anybody listening who wants to go to the VVA106.org, throw your hat in the ring and say, hey, let's keep this going. And they said they didn't even care if you changed the name to Sand Jam. So why not? Mm-hmm. Let's keep it going. Help our veterans. Right? That's correct. Right. That's the only way to go. Okay. There was another thing you were talking about yesterday. Was this, was it Agent Orange? Wasn't Agent there another? Orange and the Pack Act, yes. Okay. That was it. I, I just don't want to skip anything <laughs> because that would not be good. So tell me a little bit about how did you balance military life because you were in for a long time and home life. How How was that? How did that work out for you? It worked out quite well, I believe, because being young is one thing. You have all that energy and, you know, growing a family. As I mentioned, I spent nine years in Europe, and, of course, my family was with me. So that's oh, that really... nice. Uh, Where in com- Europe? Well, all over Germany, matter of fact. At that time, was uh, West Germany, because at that time, the, the wall was up. But I started up my career in Germany in Mainz-Gansenhain. I was 2nd Armored Division. I was an old tanker there. Came back to Fort Bliss, Texas, uh, re-enlisted, got into air defense artillery, then got sent back to Germany again, and that time was Spangdahlem, Pittsburgh area. 
came back to the States, stationed once again at Fort Bliss, and then got shipped again back to Germany. And that time was a place called Swabach, Firth, Nuremberg area. But all the time, my family was with me. So it, was, uh, it wasn't was, that difficult. It wasn't that Although difficult. Although we just spent a lot of time in the field. That was you know, 20, 25 days at a time. But it still worked out. I, when the my, wall came down in 1989, when you saw that news, what did you think? I said, finally, thank God. You know, <laughs> thank goodness. That Germany, for the first time, can be reunited again yeah. to become one country. I would like to go back to Germany to see that, but it's not going to happen. I have a piece of that wall. So do I. Thank you for mentioning that. (laughs) I was on a tour back in 1962. I had a tour to go to uh, East Berlin. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you had to be in a Class A uniform. You were escorted. And I had a chance to run to the wall, pick up a piece of it, and run back. The tour guide almost had a heart attack. He said, are you trying to get shot? What's the matter with you? (laughs) I still have that little rock in the garage somewhere. (laughs) A piece of mortar that it was. Make sure you label it so it doesn't get thrown out. (laughs) I still got some old East Berlin stamps, some old Deutschmarks they had over there. It's still somewhere in the house, but now I have to dig it out. I noticed yesterday you were wearing a purple heart. Uh, Yes. uh, It happened December 19th, 1969 happened at about 7.25 in the evening. Our compound got hit with rockets and mortars and RPGs, which most of the time it happens. Even though we knew they were coming, it was so sad. One thing about I talk about Vietnam is we have what's called a starlight scope, and we knew at what time the enemy would be coming out of their holes and their bunkers or whatever. We saw them getting their weapons and stuff, but we had to call it into a brigade to get permission to fire, and we got fired on. We you didn't had to call in to get permission to fire? Oh, yes, that's, yes, that's true. That's true. That's the sad part about being a soldier. You're being fired upon, but you need permission to fire back. Anyway, they uh, hit our compound. Now, being with combat engineers, you know, engineers build stuff pretty sturdy. I could not believe what a mortar or a rocket could do to a bunker that's so well insulated and you still get bounced off the walls. So yes, sadly, the mortar or rocket that hit us in that bunker, the three of us were injured. I bounced off the wall, I got burns on my arms, inside of my leg, bruises, of course. And i never forget that, December 19, 1969, at 725, around that time, that's when I got injured. And the word is Purple Heart. Did that send you home? No, no. It was. They just, put a band-aid on it and said, go back. They put a band to go back to work. Go back to work. Yeah. How about you, Butch? Fortunately, I wasn't uh, ever hit. Several uh, close calls that when you see rounds go above your head and mortars landing just not too far from you and what have you, it's a little scary. It does something to the psyche. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. I know my dad got a purple heart on Iwo Jima, mm. and I never knew what happened. <laughs> he never told us what happened. He just told us, and I, I think I told you, when the flag went up, we watched the John Wayne movie, right. and at the end of the movie, they're putting the flag up, and my dad said, that's not what happened. <laughs> he sat me down and said, this is what happened. And, you know, it was a completely different story. John Wayne had it all wrong. Although he was very, very good at doing those those movies, and then when I the, my son watched the movie, it was like maybe eight, seven, eight years old. He wanted to know if my 
my dad still had the girlfriend because he thought John Wayne was representing my dad. He wanted to know if my dad still had the girlfriend in the movie. I'm like, no, grandma would be upset. So (laughs) that didn't happen. So what are your plans? It's Veterans Day. What are your plans for today? Go find a good meal. Go find a good meal. (laughs) I think there's a lot of places it's Veterans Day. They they will, I think, Golden Corral. Well, Golden Corral's one. IHOP, Denny's, uh, also uh, Billy Shin, free Texas Roadhouse. Yep. Texas Roadhouse? Yep. And uh, Olive Garden, Applebee's. There's a lot of them out there. I can't remember all of them. But they'll give you a free meal? Yep. Yep. They're all veterans. Yes. They're veterans. That's great. I mean, what the heck? Hey, we deserve it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, what do you have to do to show that you're a veteran? Do yes. you have to bring your DD 214 with no, you? No, no. Sure. The VA card. VA. The VA card. Military ID. Or military ID. Okay. All right. And also, you show even in your driver's license. One. Yeah. And your driver's license says veteran, too. You yeah. Can... Mine doesn't. Oh. My dad wouldn't let me join. Yeah. And, you know, I, out of respect for my dad, I didn't, but I always regretted it because I, I just thought it would be something I wanted to do. <laughs> so, so here I am trying to serve in a different capacity. And you're doing a grand job. Thank oh, well, you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> appreciate we appreciate that. it. So tell people again, once again, we've got a little, about five minutes left. Tell people again how they can get involved with Nam Jam and keep the legacy going. Just get a hold of us through our website or VVA106 at uh, live.com. It's our email. Oh, VVA106 at, at live.com. L-I-V-E? Mm-hmm. Dot com? Okay. That's new to me. Or you'll find my phone number on the uh, website. Get a hold of me if they want to call. And I remember seeing the Nam Jam at Relito Park. Yes. It's been around the country, my understanding. <laughs> it's been around the country? Around the city. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like I, the county. Around the oh, county. the county? Okay. Yeah. So where is it usually held and what spot is normally the most successful? Would it be Re- the park? Reed Park was the most successful. <clears throat> But the city over the year has restricted certain things to us, and that's the reason we wound back out at Rialto because it's, it's fenced in and don't have to uh, worry about uh, paying for a fence being put up, and it's a lot cheaper. And the only thing is, of course, is bringing a stage. Okay, why would you have to put a fence up? Because you serve beer alcohol? garden uh, for the beer, okay. beer and wine. You can't leave this section. No, you can't. And. You had to put around the whole thing around the stage at uh, Reeds Park so people can wander around. And with a fence around the whole area, we don't have to worry about the little bitty area to be fenced off because people like to get their drink and go out and sit. So Relito Park is actually the better place to hold it? Better place right now, unless the city changes its policy about being able to get up on the hill with fencing. One time they said they were going to look at putting the whole fence around that thing. And that's been six years ago. <laughs> we don't want to rush into anything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So that actually would save them money to do it at Relito. Yeah. Okay. And that's the only place I ever saw it. Yes. It's been there three times. 
Okay. And you have bands come in? Bands and, donate their time and come in. And play music? And play and music. People can dance? Dance, oh, yeah. whatever they want to do. And you'll have uh, vendors there to... Food vendors. vendors. Veterans organizations talk about their organizations. Uh, people who sell different things for military-type items come in and sell. We had 46 vendors this last time. And does it cost to be a vendor? Uh, depending on what, what they are, if it's a uh, military organization, it's twenty five dollars, fifty dollars if you're going to be selling items, and it's a hundred dollars for um, food vendors. And that's it. That's it. That's what call. That's cheap. That's cheap. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, and that's a great way for other people to get their message out there mm-hmm. to, you know, see a lot of people and market themselves. Or their products, whatever it takes. That's what it takes. So, and you, I noticed the other thing, and the only time I was there, they had all these military vehicles. Who's who's in charge of all those? It falls under Mark Liverman. I think that's how you yes, pronounce his that's name. name Liverman. Uh, he runs the military organization of mo- uh, motor transport type vehicles. And he's in town? Yes, he lives in town. And does he have a website? Not that I know of. So it's just I think, a private... I think, they, I think the organization has a website, but I don't remember what, what it is. Okay. So you can actually get some of these, because they restore these vehicles. Right. And it's pretty impressive. They were in the parade, too. Yeah, some of them. I, I got to ride in the Jeep. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeep took me back. I almost broke my neck getting in it, but... Okay. There's one thing I'd like to put in, yeah. like, quick. The organizations over the years has had a traveling museum. I've rebuilt that thing from almost from scratch again. I am looking for a home for those items. They're Vietnam items, they're Korean items, they're Desert Shield, Desert Storm items in it. There is a lot of history there that I'm looking for a home for all this. So you're looking for a museum? I'm looking for a museum that's willing to take this stuff and take care of it. There's a museum in Harlingen, Texas. In fact, the prototype for the Iwo Jima Memorial is in Harlingen, Texas, at the military school there, the Marine Military Academy. They have a huge museum with all these, yeah. all these items, and you might want to contact. I'll try them. to get a hold of them, but haven't been able to. Oh, really? I'll, I'll call. One quick closing thought I'd like to say: I'd like to thank my wife Sarah for all the support she's given me, and all supporting the Vietnam veterans that over the years have really kept me going. A memorandum of guys that I've knew we knew in the past, Jim Schilling, Bill Swartz, and many others that have passed away. And the same we for my wife. Yes. And his wife too, yes. Okay, and I yes, thank you to all the spouses out there yes. for putting up with these people. Exactly. All the keen <laughs> support. I thank happy, her. Happy Veterans Day to everybody and and thank a vet. If you see a vet, thank a vet. Thank you.